So, okay, so you're working with the uh, Blake Street Hawkeyes, and everybody has a similar vocabulary. And you're working as a, a playwright and as a performer and also as a, a director. But then what happens when you take this out and you're not working with people who have the same vocabulary? Well, basically, yeah, they, that's a good question, too. I like to use the use of the word vocabulary. Because I think basically in the 70s, until, until the 80s when it started getting very... Then they started to stop and then started to study what it was. What's the vocabulary? Until that time, to me, between the late 50s and the early 70s or mid-70s, everything was about creating different vocabularies. There are many different vocabularies. There's the Greek alphabet, Cyrillic alphabet, Gaelic alphabet, you know what I mean? And English alphabet, you know, English alphabet uh, or Roman alphabet. And um, so basically, everybody usually was coming around seeing us. Well, they came to see new vocabularies. They wanted to see things that were different. They could always go to the big theater barns and see Chekhov, Shakespeare, and, mm -hmm. you know, whoever, you know, Moliere. But, uh, or do it in cowboy jeans and guns. But still, it was thee and thou, and let's just junk to thee and the thou, or do it in Latin. Do it in whatever you want to do it. That's why there was the physical theater. That was why dance came in. Uh, performance art began to gradually divide into what was that vocabulary change. Performance art now has kind of met its demise, so to speak, with the, you know, in New York in the kitchen. And I did a lot of work at PS122. In fact, I did it at the public through PS122. What is PS122? PS22 is Performance Space 122. It's like the major performance art space in New York. And uh, That's where you did Shimmer. That's where I did Shimmer, right. They did all kinds of people came in there. Philip Glass came out of there, did an awful lot of work there. And uh, Laurie Anderson and um, oh, most of the people around there in the East Village. So that was all the vocabulary, the experiments, that straight theater, as we used to call it, regular, you know, Chekhov, Shakespeare, and whatever theater, they didn't want that. And the new plays, as they are now, were highly restricted, as they become now, again, um, to a specific kind of format. You look at a play and it usually looks like every other play, you know. And, Okay, so, so um, new plays, uh, let me get this straight. Now, do you think that new plays try to use this new vocabulary, or are they back to... Back to where they came from. I they see. have lost the vocabulary. I, I, theoretically, I mean, from what I noticed, because I lived through it, I didn't just study it. In fact, I didn't study it. But when I'm living through it, I began to realize that what happened in the 80s was that performance art began to become a major form as a result of all these varying vocabularies. And Steve Reich and different people started doing things that were repetitive, right? And so that became Philip Glass. And Laurie Anderson, Anderson did that Superman thing. Uh, and pretty soon people started to do uh, Karen Finley, started working, it came right out of that. It began to then be divided into performance art and it, there became art stars. People became art stars, you know. Uh, Andy Warhol, you know, began being earlier in the 50s and, and then into the 60s, but then the art stars started to happen in uh, the 70s and then really into the 80s, uh, 
you know. And then they kind of like everything that didn't fit in the repertory theater system basically got shunted off to this general thing called performance art. And at that point, then the theater could go back to its old habits, you know, not really experimenting again, you know. Now theater is saying, geez, you know, we just want warm buns in the chairs. That's all we're here for, to keep theater alive. And I'm going like, I don't know what you're here for. I don't know why you want just those seats there. I mean, what are you doing? You know? So, um, the Blake Street Hawkeyes come to an end when? I left the Blake Street Hawkeyes in 79. Uh, George Coates was doing some major work. I'm sure you've heard of him doing all the work. And he started doing stuff with Leonard Pitt, 2019 Blake Street and John Dykers. And he did uh, some of that stuff. And I was really inspired. I just started to think, you know, I had to leave because I didn't want simply a group being associated with me as a, a writer, a group that I had basically started with Bob Ernst. You know, so I left in 79, but they continued on, and then Whoopi uh, came in about two years later and started working with them. Then Ellen Sebastian also came in a little bit earlier, and Pons Marr, uh, different people like that. Jim Cave started coming in, and the Blake Street Hawkeyes began to go into a new direction. And then gradually, I don't know how far they went, it went quite a while. A good 11 years, which is a long lifespan for an ensemble. An ensemble, I was living in my camper while I was starting the Blake Street Hawkeyes. <laughs> so we, uh, we, we had no money and we just did it. And we did it five hours a day, five days a week, just for the heck of it. And sometimes on weekends, we just wanted to have fun. 